Welcome to Backyard Broadway. I'm Andrew. I'm Abby. I'm Kat. And today we are talking about Bandstand the Musical. Yay! Oh. Can you have a little more enthusiasm, <laughs> Catherine? That was so like. <laughs> and the thing is, I should me, be more excited because I love this. That made me kind of sad for you. <laughs> You've been listening to it nonstop, nonstop since we started, or when we went and saw it. <laughs> I took Cat's phone away to prop up <laughs> my phone for listening. Dude, it's moments like this when I w- kind of wish we did a vlog. Kind of. Kind of. Not really. Kind of. Because I look like We'll poo. do one eventually. I look like poo. We will make ourselves up. No, we won't. I will. Only if Don't you mind. make yourself up. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so, Bandstand the musical. So good. So, so good. good. We went and saw it when it was in theaters with Fathom Events. They yes. recorded um, the last couple of Broadway performances because, well, it started out at Paper Mill Playhouse mm-hmm. um, in October 2015. Then it moved to Broadway April 26th of 2017. So like a year and a half or so, Mm -hmm. you know, before it came to Broadway. It only played until frickin' September of 2017. I know, it did not last. Because it opened in that horrible, horrible time slot right before the Tony Award cutoff. I know. And it did get nominated for a few things. It did. Um, It won for something, we'll get there. Um... There's a lot of, honestly, I have a lot of input on this particular musical because I like the musicals where I can put in sort of the more, like, deeper backstories to the storylines of these musicals like we did with Newsies. Yeah. And um, so I will definitely have my input. Just, really? Really? We have neighbors. It's called Backyard Broadway for a reason. <laughs> we usually do this later. Yes. So we all have to work in the morning, so. Yeah. You have to work in the afternoon. Shut up. <laughs> I have to work in the morning. Shut up. So, <laughs> she's taking her phone back. Yes, guys. I am. Taking her phone back. So, yeah, it had a nice little, what, four-month run. Mm-hmm. But it did. It opened in that horrible time slot right before the Tony Award cutoff with, like, seven other shows at that time. Because that's the year Anastasia opened. Yeah. And Charlie and Chocolate. Like, all those things opened right back to back Mm -hmm. and it's like a lot of those didn't get the love that it needed yeah in order to survive um i do have a friend who went and saw it on broadway right before it closed and she loved it she thought it was wonderful um it had mixed reviews with the critics um the one i read though was actually rather decent oh really um it was directed and choreographed by andy blankenbuehler who is a big broadway name so awesome for him it starred Corey cott as donnie Novitsky, laura osnes as julia trojan and beth level as june adams julia's mom and then there was a slew of other people in the show but they were mostly unknowns because they all played their own instruments yes they were brought in because they could play instruments which was super impressive and they also happened to be able to act which like, we've had conversations about this with actors playing instruments in shows yes Sweeney Todd Sweeney Todd and sometimes I have an issue with it because I feel like sometimes it's taking away from the story but in this case it was part of the story it's part of the story yes and they weren't the only ones playing instruments there was still an orchestra Mm -hmm. but they you know all the stuff they played on stage they played live Mm -hmm. which is awesome because Mm -hmm. it's big band music it's there's a difficulty to it Mm -hmm. you know um, and the choreography was just phenomenal. And one of them played two. Huh? Uh, one of them played two instruments. One played the saxophone and the clarinet. Yes. Yes. 
I think a couple of them played more than one instrument. The guy who played the trumpet played something else, too. I like Um, seeing musicals like that where not only acting talent is displayed on stage, but also, like, musical talent. Not, and I'm not just saying, like, vocal musical talent, like, instrumental musical talent. Mm -hmm. Like what we saw in, um, School of Rock. I wasn't super enthralled with School of Rock, at least in the first act. But what was impressive to me was the children playing their own musical instruments. Heck yeah. Honestly. Yeah, that's Heck very yeah. impressive. And like I said, in those kind of instances where the instruments are part of the story, and they add, you know, it's there to help tell the story, and it's it's vital for the story, I love watching yes. that. And I love seeing, you know, that level of skill that these actors have. It's when directors add instruments have actors play instruments when they really don't need to john doyle she's calling you out she's calling you out john doyle for your company revival and your sweeney todd revival in which your actors were also the orchestra i'm staying out of this for legal reasons (laughs) (laughs) i personally what kind of legal reasons come on i personally did not see the point and i and it confused me at some points and i just i did not but dadgummit patty lapone can play the tuba Dadgummit, go Patty Lapone. But <laughs> I, don't, I didn't feel the enthusiasm that should have been behind that go. There Patty is Lepone. no more enthusiasm when you bring up Patty Lapone. Please preach with me here. You and your hello, I'm waiting. <laughs> you and I'm your waiting, wait, I, I need you to clarify on what you want. His me to back you unhealthy on. obsession with Patty Lapone as his mama, like. <laughs> but it's his spirit animal. True story. Patty Lapone is my Broadway spirit. Animal. Truth. But I will say that there is no more enthusiasm for Patty Lapone when you are in the room because you take it all. Right? <laughs> I'll just put it. You I'll, suck it out of the air. I suck it out of the as air. As you That's... put your hand here, <laughs> right at her chest, right at as her. You suck it out of here. <laughs> suck it out of the room. We, we need to cut that. Oh, we won't cut that. That's fun. Oh, uh, it's funny that I suck it out of the room because we're outside in the open. <laughs> <laughs> but back to the topic at hand: bandstand. So, they filmed the last couple of performances on Broadway, and then it was Thank released. you for that, by the way. Yes. Fathom yes. Events released it in movie theaters on... That should happen more June often. June 25th and June 28th. They're doing it a lot more often. Yes, mm-hmm. they are. Because Thank of Broadway God. HD, mm-hmm. which is fantastic if you have eight ninety nine a month. I don't. Yes. Um, Sad day. <laughs> I mean, eventually, True story. Eventually, it's going to be worked into my budget, just because there's so many great stuff on there that they're not putting so on DVD. So many great stuff. Did you catch that? Yeah. So, so many. much. I'm going to stab So many all great of stuff. You. <laughs> You're all Says the playwright. People. Yes, we are. So much great stuff. So much. It'll eventually be worked into our budget. I hope. <laughs> and you'll get to see some more shows. Um, I own most of them that are I on know. there, though. You do. Uh, I think one of the ones that we watched... The was, Disney concert. Was the Disney concert. Yeah. Which, that was entertaining. That's But that's a whole other thing. Did we podcast? No, we didn't podcast okay. that. We should podcast that. We should. Oh, we should. Yes. <laughs> pause, pause for pain. Cat has not been drinking this evening. I have. It did not hurt. Sorry. If you had been drinking, it probably would have hurt less. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> I need wine. I need wine. There's two full bottles in there. I know. So before we get into the actual show, let's just go through our thoughts on it. Abigail. Oh, I get to go first? You get to go first. Because um, we know how much you love the on-the-spot shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, um, I absolutely loved it. I love the costumes. I love the music. I love the story itself. I love that it kind of gave a new perspective of these soldiers coming home and what they had to face. And what they had to go through. You know, it, it shined a light on issues that soldiers do have that they, and I feel like up to 
before this show, you know, when it came to stories about military or soldiers or, you know, they were, per- you know, they were perceived as strong, mm-hmm. you know, can face anything, heroes and nothing phase them and yep. they get shit done kind of thing. Yep. And this shows that they are just people and they went yes. through a horrific experience and it does affect you. And to preface, this is set at the end of World War II. Mm-hmm. Yes. So there was, there was no treatment. No. For PTSD at the time. And it wasn't just PTSD yeah. that they brought up. You know, they brought up... The lack of Alcoholism. They brought up the PTSD, OCD, you know, cynicism, all these different but things. But they were all, they were physical, all, you know, once you watch the whole show, those were all part of PTSD. PTSD. But they also had the physical yeah. injuries as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it I showed, liked that guy. <laughs> he was hilarious. But I just liked how it showed how... You know, there really wasn't anything, for, any place for them to go to. And how, and I liked how even though it was set post-World War II, it still had messages that apply to today. Yes. Yes. And yes, Laura Austin, I want your costumes. End of story. Yeah. End of story. But we would have to um, add some fabric to the top of those for true you. True statement. Wow. <laughs> we had to that, go there. But that's okay. This is true. Kat. I mean, of course, I second Abby's opinion on the show. It was well done, well executed, well cast. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you know, I, I really, I love the shows that have that underlying message. You know, unfortunately, back then, there were not the laws put into place to protect these soldiers when they came home to ensure that they had some form of employment or either, even the organizations that assist in gaining that employment for the soldiers that were list that were enlisted Mm -hmm. full time and that was their career and when they get out they really don't have something to go to Mm -hmm. you know it's not like the 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 men and women that come back and left a career behind and there's a law put into place that ensures that they have a career waiting for them you know thankfully we live in a day and age that we have you know wounded warrior project you know shout out to them they do some amazing work they didn't have those sort of organizations mm-hmm. back then when mm-hmm. wo- when World War II had ended and these soldiers came home to nothing. Yep. Luckily, some of them did have families, but sometimes they didn't. A lot of these, I mean, it's not like they were drafted, but a lot of these people that were drafted were young men who back in the time were expected to be pushed out on their own. And, mm-hmm. you know, at 18 was considered an adult, mm-hmm. like a full-blown adult back yes. in that time. You know, people were married with already with children at that point. And some of these men and women came home with nothing to their name. Yeah. And that really puts that into light about how vital it is now that we have those laws and organizations put into place. But we really see the hardships and the struggles that these men and women struggled, you know, were put into. Thankfully, women not so much because a lot of them that were enlisted into the Army or into any... Um, Military basis were usually working as nurses. Yes. And probably married or very soon to be married. Right. But these men that come back with not a penny to their name, not a job to come home to, and sometimes not even a family. Yeah. Which they address at the beginning when they're in the lineup and, Mm -hmm. you know, taking the money or taking... College. College, you know. And it's like, oh, here's a hundred and something dollars. Mm -hmm. Don't spend it all at once. Yep. Yeah. And it's, you know, you think about that in terms of today... You know, it's probably a couple thousand dollars mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, with and they And now we get, you know, military personnel, they get sign-on bonuses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they have something to fall back on even if it's, you know. Something else that I really liked was that it didn't just show how the soldiers were affected. But it also showed how the families were affected. Oh, yeah. With, um, with, with widows and, and you know, the um, 
husband's not coming home. Husband's not coming home or the um, trombone player and how his family is affected. Because mm-hmm. he has children and a wife and how... That and don't it, even recognize that, him. Yeah. And yeah. how, you know, and even there's a brief moment in the show where his wife does make an appearance. And you can just see on her, like, she's at a loss. She it's, doesn't even She's know. at a loss and there's almost a contempt for him because of what he's going through. Because she can't understand what yeah. he went through. Because back then, we they didn't know. No. They were like, oh, they, they went off to war. They're fine when they come home. You know, there was no such thing as PTSD back then. There yeah. was no such thing. You know, yeah, they took into account the things that you could see. Loss of limbs. You know, men, men coming home with purple hearts because of injury. Or men coming home with rattled brains because of explosions or attacks. You Hearing know. loss. Yeah, all that. You could see that. But the stuff that was going on in their minds. The, uh, the American people didn't really know how to digest that. Because back then... If men didn't stand tall and strong, you weren't considered a man at all. Yeah. True. So, anyway, I did enjoy it because, not only because it was well executed and well done and the music's phenomenal, but because they put this very harsh light on what the American people should have understood back then. Mm -hmm. Yes. From, From a more technical standpoint, I really enjoyed the show. Do not get me wrong when I, when I say what I'm about to say. But I really did enjoy the show. But there were points where it just dragged. A little bit. That's, yeah. You know. That's there, very true. There was one point in Act 1 where I looked at my watch two or three times. And it was just like, can we move on? You and it's see, not because of the yeah. subject matter. Mm-mm. It was just because, Some I don't, I can't remember if it was a song or if it was a scene. And it just, you there know, was it was the same thing on top of each other. There was one song in Act 2 that lasted forever. That Lake Erie song, which we'll talk about. We'll say, yeah, we'll talk about but that. But the other thing, too, is like. Um, with some of these songs, they dragged on. They felt like they dragged on, but you have to remember in actually seeing it, there's a bunch of choreography that goes on, which is amazing to watch. The choreography is amazing. Yes. But, yes, like I said, there was a point in Act 1 that it dragged, and there was a point in Act 2 where it dragged. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they got to a certain point in the show, and they were like, oh, crap, we really, really need to wrap this up mm-hmm. and so they did what they had in, set out to do in the show and then they were like okay how do we end this really quickly yeah and i felt like the ending wasn't as strong as the rest of the show just because it it felt like it wrapped up so so quickly mm-hmm. i think if they would have ended with and the winner is it would have been just a powerful just as a powerful of a show mm-hmm. instead of you know and the winner is, and then going on to the scene a year later. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, okay. I mean, I understand where you're coming from, and I, I certainly agree with that. But at the same time, I think that that sort of flash forward get, gives an idea of how just how profound this particular band was in making their voice heard about the the troubles of the time. Yes. And personally, it would have really bothered me if they ended that way. I would have been so pissed. Right? Who won? Who Who won? But if you think about Darn it. it with what they did, you know. Oh, yeah. No, I totally understand what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, I'm just saying for me obvious. personally. It, oh, you, no, no. It would have bothered me, too. Okay. But at the same time, <laughs> I would have understood. I would have been like, okay, it because when they made the choice to do what they did at the end, it wasn't about winning the thing anymore. So yes. why should the audience care? 
Right. Because we are built to care about this band. Yes. So why should we care about whether or not they won Can I just after say they make their point? Something else that I liked about the little epilogue flash forward is throughout the show, there's all these flashbacks and all these, you know, with the PTSD and mm -hmm. the flashbacks and all like that. So it was nice because we saw all these really sad, somber kind of moments with the flashback to have a flash forward that shows a more happier future for them and a more mm -hmm. positive like they made it kind of thing instead of they did the what they set out to do right yeah. so like i kind of liked how it was like yes we had a, you know we had all these flashbacks of what they went through during the war and to end on that flash forward of looking toward the future instead of focusing on the past uh -huh. with the ptsd that's what i i i like and, that and it's like it's like we've said for every podcast this is our opinion yes. my opinion is it didn't need the flash forward it was fine don't get I, me wrong i think i could Yes, it would make me mad if it wasn't there, but I understand like what you're coming, what you're saying about it. So I think I would be happy either way. Mm -hmm. I just like that for in my mind how I understood it, that little touch in the end. But it's not absolutely necessary. And when to have. when we go through the the cast album, you know, I'll explain more what I would have seen. You know, what that ending should have been mm -hmm. without the flash forward. Um, but there was the dancing was phenomenal. The costumes were great. Um, my one. You know, it's not really an issue because these shows aren't really meant to be seen close up mm -hmm. in the filmed setting. You know, they're doing it. That's great. That's wonderful. If you're going to do it, you need to start fixing wigs. True statement. Because the mesh that they put on these wigs ends up a darker shade than the person's skin once they apply makeup to it. Yes. And it's really bothersome to some people who are watching these film things and they can see this line and this dark brow you know, at their hairline, mm -hmm. that's the mesh of the wig. Yes. You know, for a normal theater person, you're like, it's part of the show. Yeah. But if you're going to start filming more, you know, there. look at some other options. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they're out there. You know, it's just... And use the mesh ones for the stage because they work really well. Yeah. But when it comes to filming, it's like, okay, <clears throat> somebody's going to be distracted by that. Somebody will be AKA Andrew, Abby, and Kat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, you know, if they change it for filming purposes, they're probably going to change it all around because then they would really have to schedule, you know, okay, well, we have to make an exception because we're being filmed. This is going to be televised kind of thing. And there's so many other technical components that go into changing it for one yes. performance. So here's, here's a question before we get into the actual story. The actual story. Laura Osnes's hair. Yes. Is the exact same color. Yeah. As the hair, as the wig she wore. Yes. Mm -hmm. And there is plenty of time before we see her for her to make sure her hair is done. Mm -hmm. Why is she wearing a wig? I don't know. Because her hairstyle didn't really change. No. I mean, that's the thing, though. You see that happen often where people are wigged with the same hair, the same, you know, color. And it's like why would you do there has to be a technical component like, behind I can understand that. if it's like quick changes and like their hair has to be changed real quick or something like that that i can understand it being a wig but like when it's they have the same hairstyle almost through the mm -hmm. whole show and your hair is the right length and it's the right color the only thing i can think of is them wanting a cohesive look throughout the entire run yes or you know, worrying about within the show, you know, a pin falling out and a curl coming out or something like mm -hmm. that. And they want it to stay the same yeah. as much as they can. That's the only thing I can think of for them to do that with. That's what I'm like. That's what I mean by like technical component behind that decision, that that costuming decision. 
um, <clears throat> that we probably, like, none of us have experience with that. We've not been on professional stages to that caliber. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that would be the only reasonable explanation Explanation to me is that there has to be a technical reason behind these decisions if you're going to wig this person to look the same. Yeah. And, I mean, if you're doing a Broadway show and you've got the money. Why not? Why not? You know, and maybe it was because, you know, her hair wasn't full enough or, you know, yeah. something like that. But it's like to use the same color hair, you know, and then have a wig, it almost, you know, from a technical standpoint, it's like, why did you waste that money? And I think for, yeah, and I think for us working in community theater where our budgets are extremely tight. Or non-existent. Or non-existent. It seems like a waste of money. It doesn't seem like it's a necessary cost Mm -hmm. to wig them. Mm -hmm. But on Broadway where they have the money to do it then it probably doesn't seem like that big of a cost issue to them. Yeah. And, you know, it could, again, with the quick changes, it could be one of those things where she's got to go so quickly in a change that instead of letting that mess up her hair, Mm -hmm. you know, a wig can easily be reset. Yes. You know, a little hairspray here or there. And it may have to do with damaging her hair. Maybe she just didn't want her hair damaged. Yeah. You know. Very true. So, with that, we'll move into the actual show. Yes. Mm -hmm. Abby has pulled up the song list for us. Um, which may vary a little bit from what you may have seen. You know, if you saw it at Paper Mill, they had a completely different playlist. If you saw it on Broadway in the first few months, they had a different playlist. So don't, you know, most every song is on this list. You know, we're we, going to go through what we saw. Most of these we saw in the yeah in the film. Yes. So it Thank starts you. off with, just like it was before. Just like it was before. Which I liked, but when I was watching it, I was, they did that thing where it kind of comes into play, it kind of comes in and out of the, like, They kind of have it with these vignettes. You yes. have, like, one on one side, you have, it's starting off with, you know, you have, like, the war on one side, and then you have Laura Austin's character, <laughs> Julia, that, like, you know, in her home. Well, it starts off with, you know, Donnie Nowitzki, mm-hmm. and then his troop. Yep. In the middle of a battle, and you see what happens there, and then it moves. You know, we're not going to give too many spoilers away. We will at the end. Guys, just be prepared. We will give away that spoiler of what happens at the end. But, um, you know, it starts off with that, and then it moves to this other vignette. Um, I don't know if it's Laura Austin's right away or if it's... it's I, yeah, it is, because it, it's the telegram. My thing right. is, though... It's like those sort of songs where they kind of, they, they, they use that a lot, like in what we consider stage time. It seems like a lot of stage time passes for this particular song because they're going in and out of these different scenes. Those I always have a hard time with because I do lose interest after a little while. It's well, not this big number. On the cast album, I believe it runs about seven minutes, seven and a half minutes. Yeah, and on stage time and people watching it, it's a it lot seems longer. more like 20. And I think it is, not 20, but I think it is a lot longer because there are some scenes that aren't on the cast album. Yeah. They do put a lot of the dialogue on this cast album. They do. Which is great, wonderful, so that we can hear what's happening in between. But I feel like for this particular number, it would have served better as, you know, just like it was before part one, part two, part three. Yeah, because they they sing it, they uh, have reprises Mm -hmm. of it a lot through the show. Yeah, and that's where I have a hard time with it because I'm like, the song is great, I do enjoy it. But I'm like, I, when I'm watching the show, I feel like it's something that's so repetitive. And that's not just this show. That's any show where this kind of stuff takes place. I have a hard time 
keeping focus and keeping my interest in that particular part of the show because I've either already heard it or I'm hearing it too much. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So that's just With, me. I like what they did. Your husband keeps looking out here. Oh, because I'm he like, can't. Okay, so earlier he came out the door and I told I put my finger on it to be quiet since we're recording and he looked really confused and he's like, I'll just go back in. And just go out front if you want to sit right, dude. Like, <laughs> come on. Um, so with this number, though, I really like what they were trying to accomplish with it mm-hmm. because it was trying to give us the backstory for the main story. Yes. In a very summed up, quick way, as well as giving us the, you know, major plot points for the rest of the right. show. Now, what I will say about it is, like, there is a whole section where after he comes home and he's trying to find a job, that I feel like could have been condensed a little bit because it, he, you know, it's like... Four, three or four different times he's like talking about mm-hmm. you know do you want me up there and no you know blah, 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 you know trying to find this job i feel like that could have been condensed to like two, two or three two or instead three. of four or five yeah you know it was to where he finally gets to his breaking point which i really like the ending of the song with that breaking point yes because that goes right into the next one yes and that was one thing about the show is there were a lot of songs that just one right after the yep. other um, I liked it and I also disliked it because mm-hmm. it was like, oh, now we've got another song to listen to. And I think that was one of those moments that it dragged for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but with just like it was before, you know, it is that classic opening number. It yes. sets up the show for you. Yes. If you get lost during that number, you're going to be lost through the whole show. Very, very true. Um, so it's not a good time to go pee, guys. Nope. Not a good time to go pee. Um so the next number, Donnie Nowitzki. Donnie Nowitzki. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, and it goes right into this, doesn't it? Accordion genius playing weddings at seven years old. Abby listens to a cast album <laughs> and knows it within two days. <laughs> Does it goes right into this? Yes. From just like it was mm-hmm. before. Yeah. Yes, because and it ends with him listening to the radio broadcast yes. of the contest, and that's when Donnie Nowitzki starts. Is his yes. him having this new purpose and and this is what he is now set out to yes do. it's this is what's keeping him going because he mentions in the first song how you know being at the piano doing music that's where he feels safe yes mm-hmm. so what he's trying to do during that opening number is find jobs in nightclubs playing piano doing whatever he can and it's not happening for him Mm-mm. and he gets to this breaking point and then he hears and the breaking point involves alcohol. Yes. You know, we talked about the PTSD and yes. the alcoholism and things. Um, then he hears this ad for a battle of the bands, basically. Yes. Um, it's swing bands. Swing bands for the, a song about the troops coming home. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the, the winner mm-hmm. gets to be featured in a new film. And his grand idea, because this is the, the song premise that these contest holders are looking for, is about the war and his grand idea is to gather a band of veterans. Yes. To put oh, <laughs> to put them above all others because you know, his in his mind it's like okay, we have a great shot if we are not only writing this song about the war and about the coming home, but also with veterans because they lived it yes. they're not just singing about what they've seen on television or, or how grand it is. stories or whatever or how grand it is that these troops are coming home it's not about the grand scheme of things no, it's he, about the truth behind the truth. it but yes. that's not how it started initially no 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 
So from Donnie Nowitzki, accordion player. It goes into I Know a Guy. I oh, know yeah. a guy. Yes. <laughs> and this is how they get all of their band members. This is how we're one yeah, this is when after we're another, the band. After another, like, the, Donnie Nowitzki goes to someone that he knows who happens to know someone else. Yeah. Who happens to know someone the, else. Yeah, the initial guy that he goes to, he heard about through his best friend in his... Um, one of his best troop. friends. In his troop, yes. Um, because they, his best friend and this the first guy he goes to were friends in high school. Yes. So that's how we heard about him. And then it just kind of goes, as Kat said, goes yes. for it's the next It's a domino effect. Yes. The, the, and this is one of those songs with scenes in between that you're kind of like, is this going on too long? But at the same time, you're being introduced to the major players. Here. Yes. Yeah. And it's a really good, quick introduction to these people. It is. But I will say this, as far as this particular song, it's not one of my favorites on this cast mm-hmm. album. And I, I think it, and it's not the fact of the duration of it so much, because I, because I like that it was a way for us to meet all of them. And I liked how I was like, well, I know this guy, and I know this guy, and, and you know, the little quips they had, like, you know, it was a very it. neat introduction. Like rather than just either bringing them all in at once yeah. or it was making more, it. The issue I was, it was more the actual notes of this song and like the actual I know pace. a guy I know, I know a guy, guy. and like the yeah. pacing of the song I was just like <sighs> but if we think about <laughs> if you think about it if this was just a scene yeah the audience would have lost interest so quick I'm just yeah if and I was, completely agree that a song was needed to keep yes. the interest with these introductions I just feel like I just didn't particularly like the, the way they wrote the song but if, if, it, if we were to put it you know in a more big band up tempo type of I know a guy da 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 da. It would have also lost something. Mm-hmm. You know, it would have been one of those where you're like, what, the, what are they talking about? Mm-hmm. Especially with the a- the attitude that one particular band member portrays. Um, I mean, and that's not the only reason that the tempo of this song fits. But that guy was like really kind of a snark. Yeah, like he and who was he? Wait, are we talking about the alcohol? The trumpet player. The, yeah, the, the one who said he will never play second. Oh, he's like, well, I yeah, play second, I never play second. Yeah, that's the trumpet player. Yeah, trumpet he, player. he brings on this persona of, like, he's interested in it, but at the same time, he's got more, he's got bigger fish to fry. Right. And so that, the tempo of the song really fits in well with his introduction. And I'm wondering, like, maybe if it was more, instead of it was the exact same for every character introduction, if there was some kind of variant to just yeah. kind of keep it new and interesting with, you know, kind of have it fit more with each one's personality yes. a little bit more i think i would have had more interest with that mm-hmm. and the the guy who plays the trumpet he it it's an it this introduction of the characters also shows what they're doing yes post war yes you know it's like this guy the trumpet player is teaching mm-hmm. music is teaching yes. trumpet or is teaching you know how to play instruments. didn't he make his student cry yes, yes. yeah <laughs> yes he yes, made he the did. student cry in the, in the show um, and that's one of the things too that i liked about the show was like like him teaching that became like a gag through the show about mm-hmm. his teaching like an inside joke through yes. the show and that and that kind of happened no, with, i would call it an inside well, joke i'd but, call but, it a barb at him well that's what i mean yeah. yeah 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 like and i like that they kept that through the show yes. it's just so yes so and it wasn't I, just with him it's they have a little they have one for each one yes i know a guy goes into ain't we proud ain't we proud and that's their first um performance as the band mm. yes Yes, they they find one of the little nightclubs. They're able to play during, you know, play a set, and which was you know part of the problem was they were only they were only able to find a set here and there, mm-hmm. you know, whereas a set you know could be three or four songs, 
and then they're done. Yeah. Like they're not making very much from that. Right. You know, and you, and you figure there's five guys in the band, they've got to split what they make. Yes. So, you know, it comes down to five, ten bucks each. Yep. So it's it's a fun number. It's not one that moves the plot along. No, it's, it's just one of their first performances. And it's um the song basically is saying, you know, ain't we proud of what we've accomplished mm-hmm. and you know who you know what we did and things like yes. that. So um, which honestly it comes down to towards the end of the show that um the song loses a lot of meaning simply because they Donnie and was it Julie or Julia Trojan? Julia. They a, a um, part of the storyline that ha- that takes part between them really comes down to Donnie is not ha- happy or proud about what happened over there. No. no. So we no. really under we kind of come to an understanding that okay maybe this wasn't entirely true but this is what they were trying to mask yes. which right. again comes down to a very large plot in the show. Yes. yes. And up to this point mm-hmm. like you feel like these guys are proud to have served. They're proud, mm-hmm. you know, to be home, uh, you know, for what they've done and all that. But then as the show goes on, we find out, no, yeah. they don't, you know. Which, I mean, if you think about it, too, it's their first, at least for us, it's their first performance. And so it's them trying to get out there and give the audience what they want to hear. They yes. don't want to hear the somber, sad truth no. right now. No, they no, want to no. hear we're loud and proud of what yes. we've done and things like that. Um, so after that, it just goes into the proud riff, which is just music. There's no singing with yes. it. Um, which leads into Julia's first song, Who I Was, which yeah. you had an which, issue kind of with. Yeah. Not that, so much with the song, but... The song was very beautiful. It's very, yeah. You know, she sang it really, really well. Um, this is really our first introduction to Julia. Yes. We saw her in the beginning, you know, when she gets the telegram that her husband has died. Yes. And so this is our first introduction to her, you know, 25 minutes into the show. We didn't understand at the very beginning her connection... To Donnie. To Donnie. Yes. yes. So that, that right before this song, Donnie finally kind of gets the nerve to go check on Julia like he promised. His, his Ma- rubber. Matthew? No, I don't remember. They call him Rubber. Rubber. Because his last well, yeah. name is Troy. But, it, but yes. they call him Matthew. I think, I think his it's real Matt. name is yeah, Matthew. It might be Matthew. But Rubber. Um, <laughs> rubber. Rubber. Because their last name is Trojan. Trojan. Yeah. Um, you know, so he's finally got up the nerve to go check on Julia as he promised Rubber. And, you know, it's one of those things where he's like, ring the doorbell nobody answers okay i'm walking away well she finally comes to the door and sees him walking away and is like hey what's up what are you doing yeah mm-hmm. you know are you a child being done to jimmy type of thing yeah she's got this sass to her which and i love a character with some sass so he tells True. her who he is he tells her you know that this is why he's here and she's upset about it she's like oh he wanted you to come check on me blah blah blah, blah. which you know for a widow of the war like that would have been their attitude and julia also has her own secrets involving her family she also has you know this persona of trying to be strong and not let it like what her grief and things let it show yeah Mm -hmm. so she you know she invites donnie to dinner and with her and her mother donnie comes over who you will love yes oh love beth god she was hilarious Um, that character was so well written so Donnie has said that he's got a photo album. Yes. Um, and he's going to bring it with him to dinner. So they come. He comes to dinner. She starts to look through the photo album. And he's like, and it, she's getting choked up. And he's like, you know, if you want to just look at that on your own, mm-hmm. you know, that's fine. And it kind of leads into this song about, you know, or is the song before? The song's before. Because the song's she before goes, he comes to She dinner, goes to right. work. Yes. It's kind of, the song is 
her telling her true thoughts about losing her husband because she may in the song itself she says you know all the newsreels and magazines say she needs to be proud of you know what her husband sacrificed for the for their country and she just wants to say there's nothing heroic about it which again is a is a point that we've been trying to make about mm -hmm. what you really find out at the end of the show yeah that already brings it up very early and she's like there's nothing heroic about it yes and she but then she says but you know i would never stay away from this does her mother start this song or is that no she starts it okay she goes right into who she talking about who she used to be before she lost her husband and yes. you know how she didn't have a you know she saw her future all secured you know that you know she still believed in happily ever afters and all you know destiny and all these things and how kind of now she's just going through the motions yes. how being branded this widow this military widow has redefined her whole life mm-hmm. without even, and it's one of those changes she still doesn't really understand um, how yeah. how to adjust to that. Yes, and how she wants to tell everyone she really thinks about the loss of her husband, but she knows she can't mm-hmm. because of the time period. Um, and she and she even makes a comment, a couple comments in it where she feels guilty about wanting to be who she was before she lost her husband, and how she kind of resents him for. Yes. Um, changing her life and making her someone she doesn't want to be. Yeah. Who she doesn't recognize anymore. And she, you know, <clears throat> while she feels this way, she's also, you know, she lets us know that she realizes that it's not his fault. You know, it's it was not... Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, so then Donnie comes to dinner. Right. And because through that whole song, she's like, she's going through her, the motions of the, the day. She goes day. to work. Yes. She goes, picks up groceries for dinner. She comes home. Yes. And, you know, we really get to meet Beth Lovell's character, Miss <laughs> Adams, at this point. At she's dinner. She's hilarious. God, she's so funny. Freaking hilarious. Like, Donnie comes in and she's like, oh, you know, good looking boy type of thing. And yes. So she kind of leaves him alone with a little hint, hint, wink, wink. Yes. <laughs> and goes off to the kitchen. So, air quotes, subtle. Subtle. Comes back in with a tray of deviled eggs, sets them down and goes, the lid to the paprika fell off. <laughs> And they both just, like, look at these eggs and they're like, okay. And is it is it Laura Osnes It's like, I hate deviled eggs? Yes. But she makes that comment um, after she gets flustered with the photo album. Because yeah. she kind of gets snippy with him after the photo album kind of thing. And she's like, even if you hate dinner, you tell my mother you like you, you love the dinner. Yes. And then she's just like, I hate deviled eggs. And she kind of storms off. Yeah. And it kind of shows how she is still trying to process the loss of her husband. And she doesn't know how yeah. to deal with... It, it. It's like because she realizes what her mother is getting at. Mm-hmm. Not at first. <laughs> not at first. Not during the first nudge nudge. Um, <laughs> but then the deviled eggs and, you know, Mrs. Adams being like, well, dinner will be ready soon. Like just looking at them sitting there next to each other. And Julia kind of makes this scooch. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, now she realizes what, what mom's trying to do. Mm-hmm. And I mean, mind you, Beth Level is not in... A whole lot of this show. No, but when she is, but when you she can't is, forget yes. her. This is a part for an older woman that is meant to steal the show. True statement. It is meant to steal the That's show. That's so true. You know, it's one of those where she's in a house dress. She could have a rolled down pantyhose type of look where she's just, you know, a housewife. Right. Even though she doesn't have a husband. Well, at this point, we don't know what's going on with her husband. We don't know what's going on with her husband. Because uh, Donnie asked, like... You know, so where's your dad kind of thing? And, and Julia's like, oh, he's a refrigerator salesman. Yeah. 
And he's like, how does that yeah. work? Kind of, so, but okay. Yeah. Like, Her husband's quote unquote not home, but it's just that feel you get from Beth Level's character. God, yes. And Beth Level is known for being just outrageously funny in yes. these roles that really aren't meant to be. I mean, Drowsy Chaperone, for instance, yes. like her dry wit in that part. <laughs> just, oh my, like, I would love to go to St. Louis and see her in Gypsy right now. Yeah. But, you know, it's one of those, you know, she's doing Gypsy right now. She's getting ready to open a show on Broadway. Yes. Like, woman, slow down. Because we want you around for a while. I don't she's know got if this she will. beautiful, powerful voice. Yes. And it's, there's a range to it. Like, mm-hmm. as the Drowsy Chaperone, it's yes. very, you know, down here as we stumble along. Yeah. But then in this one, she, she, she's got some notes. Yeah. Um, so up next we have. A counterpoint and then words I can't pronounce. So this is the point where she's invited Donnie. Because um, Donnie, they somehow talk about, they get on the topic of how Julie can play piano. And how, and so, oh, do you sing? He's like, she's like, I only sing in my church choir. Oh, she doesn't invite him. He shows up. Right. She's like, I, I just sing in my church choir. He was like, oh, well, have you ever sang swing music? And she's like, oh, no, I just sing in my church choir. Yeah. And so it kind of cuts to him coming to her church to hear her sing. And so you hear her sing this gospel, kind, you know, very church Yes, yeah, very song. churchy song. Very churchy song. None of us are, that's Cat's beer, guys. Thanks for ratting me out. It's okay. Your hand hurts. It's fine. You need the alcohol right? for the pain. Um, and so it kind of goes in. And so that, and it's kind of also a transitional kind of song. It is. So it starts off with her singing in the church and she's, you finishes and greets Donnie. And Donnie's like, you have an amazing voice. Um, you should come hear us play. And she's like, oh, I don't know. He's like, it's, it's, it, it's one, one set, set. It's nine o'clock. Nine like, o'clock. Blue wisp. Like be there. Yeah, you can and be. She, and she's like, all right, why not? Yeah. You know, it's not going to be late night because I have to work next yeah. And you can just see the look on her mother's face. It's like, hey, go. go. Which goes going. into the next go. one, which is the next song is just like it was before reprise. Is this the one Beth Level starts? Yes. Okay. This is the one where she starts where she's like, I know it's not a date, so don't look at me that way or something. Yeah. And, and, and she's like, don't worry about me. I'll find things to do. Yes. I'll crochet if I have to. Yes. I have shows that I can watch. And yes. Don't worry about You go out and have fun. If you listen to nothing else for humor, listen to this number. <laughs> listen to Beth Level. Just the beginning. At the beginning the of it. The beginning of it. Because then it goes into them finishing their set. Yes. And, and Julie has come to watch them. Right. And Donnie decides... She needs to get up and sing. She needs to get up and sing. He pulls a complete and utter dick move. Yes, he does. And he's like, and now, ladies and gentlemen, Miss Julia Trojan. And she's like, wait, what? No. No, nope. I'm not doing this. Nope, nope, nope. And he's like, he doesn't give two shits. No, he's, he's like, like, no, yes, you, you are. Know, get up here. Do you know this song? Do you know this song? Do you know this song? Yeah. And she's like, I haven't sung it in forever. And so they start it, and she fumbles the words. Which, and yeah, then, that's the next song. Yes. So the next song, so the song that she sings is called First Steps First. Yes. And she gets through the first Verse. phrase yeah. and uh, chorus. And then when it goes into the bridge, she's like, I, f- I don't remember the bridge. And the trombone, she can't, can't remember, remember the bridge. bridge. <laughs> <laughs> and so Donnie starts singing. Well, then they realize they need to pick up the tempo. Yeah, he's like, oh, it's fine. And the, that was one of my, that, I, I love that moment where he was like, oh, nope, it's my fault. The tempo's all wrong, right? And she's like, well, I don't know. He's like, nope, nope, it, it's all wrong. And he's like, pick it up. And he's like, oh, thank God. And he starts playing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank the God. The bass player's like, yes, thank God. <laughs> dun, 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 um, dun, dun, dun. I love this song. Yes. And it's the first time we see Julia singing with the band, which Don, Donnie's got this idea once he hears her sing 
you know, we need a war widow. Mm-hmm. That'll just set us over the top. Mm-hmm. And it's not really intended that way. No. You know, but it's... It's kind of one of those things where he has this realization, like, she's part of the veteran community as yes. well. Yes. So... And she, you know, you see the wheels turn in his head when he hears her it's saying... It's also a way, because her husband, Rubber, and... Rubber. Rubber and Donnie had this dream of coming home from the war and starting the band and going to New York City. And so it's... In Donnie's mind, getting her to be part of the band is like having Rubber being part of the band. Yes. yes. To fulfill that dream. So they finish this number. Which... And Donnie, the ever gentleman, walks her home. Yes. So the next song after First Steps First is Breathe. So this song takes place during a rehearsal. It starts off at the beginning of a rehearsal. Because the trombone player is like, oh, you have me in the third. I need to be in the fifth. Move everyone up. Like, this yes. is wrong. And Donnie's like, but no. Is this also the one with the shadows? Yes. Okay. It is. Um... They so you know Donnie's like no it's right where it wants to be and this is kind of one of those moments where you see the trombone player and his OCD like this is not how it's supposed to be it can't yeah. be this way and he's like the world's not ending we're keeping it this way yeah and he tells him to just breathe through the instrument breathe, breathe till the end of the to, yeah breathe till the end of the phrase and it's kind of one of those things where it's it's become a mantra for them where it's like to get through something breathe till the end of the phrase yeah. get and, get through it kind yeah. of thing and not just just, just the music it's just their lives breathe. sorry their lives and during this song as we see them packing up and leaving this rehearsal and things and this was really interesting with as they are singing through this song the shadows of what they went through at, at, with the war because the way they did it was they had the main characters and then they had their shadows right behind them and like yeah. mimicking them Mimicking what they're doing, dressed in the army, yes. fatigue, you know, and it's just, it's one of the, it's a con, it's a really nice contrast to what they are trying to accomplish with this band. Yes. You know, to see, you know, okay, as long as I breathe, I'm going to get through it. And with that shadow behind them, you're like, okay, it's not just about the band. No. No. The it, song is yes. not. Yeah. Yes. It really gives the audience that clue. That visual. And, yes. and it's visually very interesting to watch that kind of choreography yeah. was very interesting to watch the, and this was one of those numbers where i thought i was gonna lose interest because mm-hmm. it did go on right a minute mm-hmm. you know and we didn't really talk about laura austin's song but anyways the first step first no the her first one who mm-hmm. i was we talked about it not about me oh about well how, my, oh yeah, right, what right, I, right. but we'll come back to that at the end um but it was one of those songs where it was like, once I realized what they were trying to accomplish, mm-hmm. like, edge of my seat, like, what's going to happen next? Right. Because that song, very easily, without that choreography, could just be a, transi- a tra- transitional song. It could have, yes. Very short, just yeah. to get from point A to point B kind of thing. But the fact that they added this whole subtext to it yes. made it a song worth listening to and worth watching. So, after Breathe... It goes into You Deserve It, which is the first performance with Julia Trojan yes. singing with the band. And it's a song about how these troops deserve all this praise and all the recognition and all this, you know, you deserve everything that you should have yes. kind of song. So, like, the First Steps First song was a standard at the time. Yes. And it was now an original we're, Yeah, now song. we're getting into Donnie's original songs. Yes. So then after <clears throat> You Deserve It, it goes into the first round for the Battle of the Bands. Yes. 
um, on the cast album, it's just um, the radio. It's the end of one band set. So just some notes. And then the radio announcer saying, that was this band. Weren't they great? Now introducing this. The Donnie Nowitzki band. Yes. Yeah. So prior to this next song, there is a scene with Julia and Donnie where Donnie finds out that Julia writes poetry. Yes. And he reads her this one particular poem and decides he wants to make it into a song. And this is a song they are going to sing for Battle of the Bands. Not one of his. Yes. This, yes. this song. So what has happened is she show, showed him this poem. And he goes and puts it to music and then shows it to her. And yes. she's like, but this is my poem. Like, right. You, you kind of hope there's going to be a little confrontation there. Right. You know, it would add a little something to the story. Right. But there's a little not. resistance yeah. to she's like, Okay, I get this, you know, let's go through it. Yeah. And then we get into the Battle of the Bands. Yeah, and the song's called Love Will Come and Find Me Again. Yes. So it's a song strictly from the widow's perspective about, you know, how she once believed in forever and you know how her life was and that nothing could take away her husband and then tragedy struck and she realized how wrong she was and the grief she went through yes but her slowly kind of coming to realization that maybe it's okay for me to move on maybe it's okay for me to find love again so going back to the poems it's a book of poems right and he finds this one writes but the big songs in there too that she's writing for everybody yeah, but she doesn't start that till later. Yeah. Yes. So they sing this for the Love Will Come and Find Me Again song for the Battle of the Bands, the first round. And spoiler alert, they win the first round. They win the first round. Of Battle of the Bands. So they will represent Ohio. Yes. In the big national. In New York City. In New York City. However. They have to pay for everything. Which they did not know. They did not know this. And this was one of those things visually that I really liked was that moment where you know Donnie's like oh and you all are you know gonna pay for it and he's like no you all have to pay for it there is a moment where there's a sound cue and like I think there was a lighting where it like went black behind them Mm -hmm. and they're frozen yes and it was visually you can see that crack in Donnie yes you can see and then from there he just crumbles because the guy's going on and on about costs and what they have to pay for and you know all this stuff in this contract yes and you can see him breaking down whoa sorry whoa sorry sorry my my bad yeah like Um, none of them have the money to pay for this none of them have money for travel fees or hotel and i mean but they do start to kind of work it out in their head Mm -hmm. okay even if we have to stay at the crappiest motel is this the number the the next number is right this way which is donnie kind of saying this was my, this is our dream. This yeah. is my dream. This it's, is now our dream. This means, you know, we will yeah. make this happen. He was like, after everything we went through, he even says three years and I think he says three years and eight months fighting his way back to get home. Yes. You know, they deserve this shot. And this is the act one finale. Finale. Which visually is stunning. Very. There's not a very. lot of choreography. No. All the guys are in a line. And Donnie's talking to each one individually, and it's and very you can poignant. See, you can see on his face this, him breaking down. Yes. Him, you know, the agony and the fact, you know, because this dream of going to New York City, starting his band, 
was a dream that he had with the friend that he lost. Yes. And so this is the one thing that he's been able to hold on to to get him through each day from coming home. This band, getting to New York City, achieving this dream that his friend and him started. And yes. then this is really the first big resistance. Because... And he's, he's unraveling because... He, he needs to make this happen or else he's just going to yes. go into a dark place and doesn't think he's ever going to come out. Which we haven't mentioned. Donnie has a secret yes. about what happened in the war. Yes. That we're going to find out in Act 2. Yes. Because it's, it's one of our big Reveals. antagonistic moments. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a problem for the show. Yes. Um, but this number, it was just... And a lot about his demeanor will really make sense when you find out this big secret. Yes, very much so. So... This number, this Act One finale, you know, a lot of people with musical theater, they want to see, you know, a big dance number. They want to see a big solo, you know, belt breakdown. But this is really all of them. All of them. You know, he's singing the majority of it, but everybody is there. Everybody is. Yeah. And there's a point where I think the trumpet, the trombone player is like, how? Like, how are we supposed to do this? And that's when Donnie's like. This is what we're going to do. We're going to take every gig. We're going to play every set. We're yes. going to take every job. And then they all kind of join in like, yeah, there's all these different places we can play at, I'm sure. And they all – and then it's at that point in the song they all come together and sing. Yes. And it's this beautiful harmony. Harmony. It's powerful. It's So powerful. Huge. And I and I think one of the reasons it's so powerful is in the simplicity of the yes. movements. Because it's and focusing on yes. the emotion with the song. And the other thing you have to remember is, like, with a lot of, like, the songs that are just them playing a set, like, they're they're performing, there's a bunch of swing dance happening yes. before and after. Mm-hmm. Like, they use a lot of those choreography for transitions into the next scenes. Yes. So, it didn't really need the big, you know, no. act one finale choreography because they've already had all this big choreography no. through the first, through throughout it. And my friend who saw it on Broadway said that this was the first standing ovation of the night, was the end of this number the entire audience was on their feet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, not just because the show was getting ready to close, but because of the power behind the song. Yes, I completely, I can totally see that. So, unlike other Fathom events, we were not given an intermission. No. We kind of were. It was about three minutes of the entr'acte yeah. playing um, with just act one and a picture yes. on the screen, or act two and the picture yeah. on the screen. But we weren't given, like, a 10-minute countdown yeah. for people to go to the bathroom. No. And no. I had to pee so bad at the end of that movie. <laughs> God, I had to pee so bad. You know, and there, there was some stuff after the movie, you know. Yes, some, some and I was like, oh, my God, stuff. I really have to pee. Oh, yeah, and, like, yeah. I had never been to one of these events, so I was like, when, it, when that screen came up, I was like, oh, it's over. Huh? And we're like, no, stay. And then, but then you told me that there should have been an intermission. I'm like, that's so weird. For, for Newsies, they gave us an intermission. Yep. For um, Memphis, we got an intermission. For a lot of these, they do do an intermission, but for this one, they didn't. They went right into it, which I think kept the audience yes. into it. So, act two starts with... Uh, what does that say? Oh, sorry. I got lost on my list. Oh. Um, Nobody, which mm. is them. It's one of their set songs. Yes. But, they've, but the way they do it at the beginning of act two is... They've, they're all getting ready. They're all getting ready. You see them performing it here and there in different venues. Yes. So it's kind of a time lapse type of song as yes. well. 
And this is the number they did on the Tony Awards. Yes. It's a huge dance number. Laura Ausnes did not trip over somebody this time, <laughs> as she did on the Tony Awards. Oh my god, that was terrifying. I she, thought she was gonna. She bite did. It. She tripped over somebody in the Tony Awards, but luckily it was like the side of the screen, so you didn't get to see her reaction to it. Which I'm sure she was ever the professional. Yes. But it was still like, oh my god. Yeah, like someone you catch know, her. Catch her. Um, oh, but it's a huge dance number. Very much. And. Is. Clearly, you know, when we watched this on the Tony Awards, we were both like, they're going to win choreography. Yes. And, like, within 10 minutes, they announced that award. They won for choreography. Yes. It was the only award they won. Yes. But, but it for was choreography, much deserved. It, yeah, it was so. well-deserved. Very much so. And, like, with this song, too, is that it was a very, it's a very in-your-face, nobody's going to tell us to stop, nobody's going to tell us we can't do this, because of what happened at the end of Act 1. Yes. So it's very much so, like, in-your-face producers, we're going to get there. We're going to do this. Yes. And um, it kept an energy from the end of Act 1 to go into Act 2. Which yes. sometimes you lose some of that energy at the beginning of Act 2. Which <clears throat> I haven't noticed that in recent shows. I'm not saying so much on Broadway, but, I mean, I'm just talking yeah. in a general sense. In a general whether sense. it's community theater, regional theater. Because normally in a musical, your Act 2 opener is a huge production number. And it brings the audience back to where they need to be from the intermission. And like you said, in community and regional theater, there's a lot of times that those numbers fall flat. Yeah. You know, they're supposed to get you back into the show and they fall flat. This is one that I'm sure the audience was just enthralled with yes. on Broadway. And, you know, I from what I could see of the audience in the movie theater... They were enthralled as well. Yes. You know, there were a lot of people who scooted up and were sitting on the edge of their seats, mm -hmm. you know, because in movie theaters now you have the luxury loungers and a wall, mm -hmm. so you can't really see everybody else. Yes. But at the same, you know, there were a lot of people who sat up with this mm -hmm. number. Yes. So going, in, going from Nobody, <clears throat> it goes into The Boys Are Back. This is a transitional song. It is a transitional it's, song. It's them, but it's a fun song. It's a very fun song. It's a very high energy. The boys are back. Yeah. The boys are back. The boys are back. Um, and it's, even though it's just a transitional song, it's basically saying they, you know, they got their mojo back. They, yes. you know, they've come back from this, you know, crippling news of the financial um, portion that they're going to have to pay to get to New York City. Yes. So they're back and they're in full swing and they're, you know, whatever. So after that, it's, I got a theory. I, I got, got a theory. Sorry. Anyway, um, so this song starts off with Donnie and Julia at the piano. And it's them just kind of goofing off. Um, you know, Donnie's kind of... No, I'm going to let you have this one because i got to go to the bathroom. Okay, so Donnie is kind of at a low point. Mm -hmm. He's really worried that they're not going to make it, you know, make the money that they need to get to New York City. And Julia starts singing this little song on a ukulele to kind of pick up his spirits. Yeah. And he starts joining in, and they kind of go back and forth. And at, at a moment, they're like, I think we have something. And she's like, yeah, keep going. Let's keep going. Yeah. And so they write this song. I got it here. And it's a very fun kind of quirky number. It's very flirty between them. It, yeah. And it kind of goes into another time lapse where they're playing it at different venues and they kind of keep keep going with it and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, everyone's singing it. It's another big kind of production kind of number. A lot of dancing. Mm -hmm. um, this is also the moment where Donnie's secret is revealed toward the end of this number. Yeah. Um, they finish so they finish a set and Donnie is walking Julia home 
and she keeps pushing about what happened to her husband. She wants, she needs to know. She needs the closure because throughout the show, she keeps trying to push it. Yeah, and, he's, and he keeps he's not it having it because he, he knows what it's going to do to her, and he and he knows what, and he doesn't want to relive it. Yeah, and so she keeps pushing, and he finally kind of hits his breaking point. He's like, "Do you, if you want to know what happened, here's what happened," and he talks about it was a friendly fire. It was friendly fire, and, and it was him, and that. It was his fault that that rubber died. He had set off a grenade and threw it, thinking that rubber was right near him. <clears throat> and he looked back and realized... Yeah, they said... That rubber had actually been killed by the grenade. Yes. And so, she kind of is shocked by this and, and can't believe it was his fault. Because at this point, you know, they've had their flirty moments. And yes. you kind of see this relationship building between the two of them. And then this kind of happens. And so, she storms off. As, like, as you oh, expect, shit, that's the end of that. Yeah, yeah. You ex- but you expect this reaction well, because if, it's a musical. You know that because it's a musical. It's a musical. You, she's gonna have this reaction because that's how they're going to continue the story, right? You know, if she was just like, "Oh, okay," you know, I understand, and why you didn't want to tell me, blah blah blah. No. You'd kind of just lose interest. Right? In You'd been like, so she has. Uh, so that's then not it how goes, that would go. Yeah, after that. They go to play a set, and Julia does not show. Right. And they're just like, oh, she's sick. You know, we're just going to play without her. We're just yeah. playing without her. Because she can't face Donnie after finding this out. Yeah. And did we talk about during the Lake Erie bit, Donnie's decided the name of the band is now... No, we have not talked about that. The... Donnie Nova. Do- Donnie Nova band featuring, featuring Julia Trojan. Yes. But he wants her to change her last name. From Trojan because because it's Trojan. rubber, um, and, <laughs> and she's she, like, no, I'm not changing. Hell, no, mother, you know. Yeah. she's <laughs> wow, <laughs> sassy. Which that was a shock. I will. I'm just going to bring this up. The first time they dropped the f bomb in the show. Yes. Which it was very very few times. Yeah, they don't do it very often. But the first time they drop it, I'm like, whoa. Yeah, you don't expect not it. expecting this. No. But you got to think that was the language of the time. You know. Yeah, it was. But, I mean, when you think about it, though, in the t- sorry, um, that time, you know, it was a much more proper time in our history. So, you wouldn't think that that would be socially acceptable. But you have to think that these guys are military men. They're military they men. don't care. They don't They've care. gone through shit. And so, yeah. okay, so back to the numbers. So, after I Got a Theory, it goes into Beth Level song. Um, everything happens. And this is... Julia's mom's one number. Her one number. Her one solo number that she has in this show. Which Killed like I, it. Sorry. Yes. Like I said, Mrs. Adams is not in a lot of this show. And when she is, she's part of the ensemble. Like, yes. But she's still Mrs. Adams. She's yes. not an ensemble. She's, you know, but for what she has, she is there to steal the show. Yes, she is. And she is there to be Julia's conscience, basically. Yes. So this song, you know, she it starts off with Julia saying, it's his fault, you know, this, you know... My husband's death is all his fault. And, you know, basically saying that, you know, she tried to believe in fate or something, thinking it was fate that Donnie came into her life and now realizing that it's his fault that she's in this mess. And her mom's like, no, 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 that's not how this works. Yeah. It's her telling her there is no fate. There is no destiny. All you can do is adapt to what life throws at you. Mm -hmm. And this is when we find out. Well, not when we find out. We we kind of start understanding more the the um, issues that her mom has with her dad. 
Yes. And why kind of you? So you kind of get well, the. <laughs> do we want to say it's issues with her dad, or it's the fact that her dad's a scumbag? That. But we don't know the full story yet. That's no. that's told after this song. Yeah. So at this point, we know okay because she talks about how she has her own regrets in life, and she talks about how and this is one of those funny moments in the song. She's like, you know. You can listen to your friends, you can listen to your church, but maybe you'll listen to your daughter mother. Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. you'll listen to your mommy instead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's her kind of telling her, you need to pick yourself up and get through it. You can't just sit on your hands and pout and blame your misfortunes on, you know, something that you can't control. Mm-hmm. If, you know, it's, you have the choice to change your future. You have the choice to not let things you know, keep you in one place. Mm-hmm. You have the choice to find a way to move you forward. And she's seen that this band has helped Julia move forward and become more like her old self. Yes. And she doesn't want her going backwards. No. Um, so then it goes into, well, at the end of this song, at the end of Everything Happens, there's another shadow movement. Yes. Where Julia kind of looks back at her time with the band and she sees them and she starts realizing the issues they have you know and why they have these because there's there's been moments throughout the show like with the bass player her saying have you ever thought about putting down the putting down the bottle like just for a week you know like come on you don't have to drink like why do you need to drink and he's like i'm gonna spare you but with things i've seen i owe to myself to drink as much as i can Mm -hmm. more or less she never fully understood why and it goes back to the whole that the people at that time not understanding what ptsd was And she didn't. And so this moment at the end of the song is her looking back at her time with the band and picking up on those subtle cues of, oh, my God, like, they have been going through so much and I haven't even realized it. And so that goes into Welcome Home. Yes. Which she finds Donnie and she tells them tells him, I've written this poem, you know, and gives it to him. And he, start, he kind of starts singing it. And he's like, you know, what is this? And she's like, it's it's a poem for you and the guys. And she basically tells them, I'm so sorry that I never realized what you all go through on a daily basis. Yeah, but then they realize, like, after she starts in on it and then he starts reading it, isn't this when they realize, okay, maybe we need to make it a little more lighthearted? Yes, yes because he's like, we can't sing this the way it is. And so they change some of the words, and that's how the song yeah. ends, is her kind of singing. Mm-hmm. It's still a very... I don't want to say sultry, but it's that very soft, kind of slow kind of tone to it. Because even though they had the hit with what they sang at the first round of the the Battle of the Bands, um, Donnie was still like, there's something better. Which leads into I Have a Theory and things like that. And then he reads this and he's like, no, this could be it, but we need to to make it a little more, like you said, lighthearted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's mostly because he understands that people aren't going to want to hear the crap that they the hardcore with. truth. Yeah. yeah, that this what she's written is about. Yes. So after Welcome Home, it goes into abandoned New York City. So this is when they get to New York. This is their when they yeah when they go to New York. So we haven't even covered what happened during these gigs. No. In Act One, and I think one it of happens night- during. Late, uh, I got a theory. Okay, so one of the owners overhears Donnie saying. Like, this is how much we're going to have to make. We're, we're going to be staying at this crappy hotel. We're going to, you know, have to 
busted up there, da 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 da. And so he gets on the horn with the other nightclub owners, mm-hmm. like, let's give them these gigs. And they and gift then, them the rest at the very and, end. Yeah, they gift them the rest at the, the end. But the way they do it is very subtle because they want to leave them yes. with their pride. So it's like, oh, hey, I've got an opening. Just opened up. Like, just pulls it out of his ass. Like, hey. It's like, I got a, a band that just quit on me. You all think you could fill in yeah. tomorrow night. Like, you all be really, I'll pay you extra because you're helping me out. Yeah, and they negotiate a price and Donnie gets it up there, you know. With, without even realizing. Without the guy's realizing like, oh, what's going all on. All right, I'll pay an extra Ugh. 50. Well, I mean, I guess I can talk. Like, oh, God, okay, fine, 75. Well, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, sure. Oh, you um, drive a hard bargain of even 100. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so, so this is where we really see these, um, the other patrons in this show starting to really realize what this means to these guys and just how much they need it. It yes. really shows how, because this takes place in Cleveland, Ohio. Yes. The community of Cleveland, of Cleveland, the community of these nightclubs, how mm-hmm. much they do care and want to see them succeed and be there for the, you know, because they, they don't fully understand what they went through, but they understand that they made some sort of sacrifice to protect them during World War II. Yes. And they want to show them how much they appreciate it. Mm -hmm. So they they gift them at the end of Welcome Home. You know, it's like a big, you know, send-off type of thing. They gift them There's like that fun... They they give them enough money to cover the first-class train car and the nice hotel. And they're like, this is where you'll be staying. Here's, like, how you'll get there. And they're, like, beside themselves. But there's that funny moment after the initial, like, okay, even 100... And, then, and Donnie goes over to the drum drum player, and he's like, so what does that bring our total up? And he's like, uh, $900-something. How do you do that? I have no idea. Because <laughs> <laughs> the drum player was affected by uh, he was an explosion, yeah. and yeah. it messed up his yeah, head. Yeah, an idea. Um, so he's a little bit slower. Mm-hmm. But then this happened. And he's yes. a little goofy. Yeah, yeah, he has a lot of funny moments. So which like, is okay, kind so of like, you feel bad laughing at him, yeah. because you understand why he has these funny moments. Yeah. But, but they're hilarious. Like, okay, so we're making this much. Well, what's that bring our total to? And the drum player just rattles it off. Yeah. How do you do that? I don't know. I have no idea. No idea. What? So they go into abandoned New York City, and it's them. It's just them childishly excited. They get to, yes. you know, they've reached their goal. They get to go on the train where all the celebrities go, and they get to go to New York City and experience the city life. And there's even, like, funny moments in that where he's like, like the ba- the bass player is like, oh, I'm never leaving this be- bed. And the drum player is like, why? There's a bar downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's it's another fun number. Yeah. Which because yeah. Act One had a, a few more of the like real serious tone mm-hmm. numbers, and then you come into Act Two and you've got a lot of upbeat. You got a lot of fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of like with this number. Like, because I feel like, I think it was, yeah, Donnie was like, okay, guys, you know, we can go out and see, but we got to be back at this time. We got to get up early tomorrow. We have to, you know, get rid of it. And they're like, oh, come on. We're in New York City. Let's have fun. Yeah. Yeah. Even, like, Julia's like, yeah. Even Julia's like, yeah, I'm going to let loose tonight. He he can't really bring himself to enjoy it. No, because he's he's the front runner of this band. He's, you know, he's got his sights set. Yes. So. And he knows that he has to make this work. If he's going to have a life. So at the end of this number. He's walking Julia back to her hotel room. Back to her hotel room. Which leads into This Is Life. And I really like this song. It is a really good song. It is a duet between Julia and Donnie. Which, if you think about it, it's really the only one. Yeah, it really is the only one. Because, I mean, Lake Erie starts off with just the two Mm -hmm. of them. But But it goes. It's 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 a song for the band. It's not part of the show. Yeah, no. So... 
This is the only one really between the two of them. Yeah. So they're in front of her door and they hug and there's a moment. And you're like, oh, they're going to kiss. They're going to kiss. But they don't. Bitches. They instead sing this song and they basically say like, if this was a movie, if this was a song, if it was any of these other, this is how it would play out. And Julia's like, but this is life. This is what it is. So maybe we shouldn't do that. Maybe we shouldn't go into my hotel room and have a fun time. Like, (laughs) you know, maybe we should. As much as Donnie Nowitzki wants to. And she does too, but she's still very unsure about. Yeah, because they're you know the whole going. the whole thing with Donnie and her husband. And they then, they really have this unknown history that yeah, it's that like, was right. made obvious. Can I move on? Type of right. Like feeling. she wants to, but she's still yeah. very hesitant. She's just like yeah. And so this, so it is their love song, but it's not a you know conventional love song. Yeah. And so you know, there's even a moment where it builds in the song, and he's like holding on to her as tight as he can, and. Saying, you know, if this is this, then we would do it this way. And, you know, but then they both kind of take a step apart yeah. and like, but this is life. We just need to say goodnight and yeah. focus on what's going on. We don't have time for this right now. So then they go to um, rehearsal, right? Then they go into, then they go into, uh, they go and do their little bit for the producers for the yeah. televised. Um and they start. They sing um, "Love Will Come and Find Me Again." Yes, which is not on the cast album. No. That little bit is not. No, and the because pro- it's not the full song. No, it's just a little clip. And the producers are like, "You're because they find out that not all of the bands are going to be televised. Yeah, not every state will be televised. Be, yeah, so but they get to be chosen as one of the ones to yes. be televised, and they're the last one to be televised. Yes, and Donnie's got to sign a contract for it. Well, Donnie doesn't read it; he just signs it. He just signs it, and then the. Um, saxophone and clarinet player is studying to be a lawyer yes but that's not until right before they go on stage right well because he there's like a moment where he was like you should have let me see that he's like well here like i've already signed it but here you can look at it if you want to kind yeah. of thing so then it cuts to they're getting ready to go on stage for this mm-hmm. televised event and the uh saxophone player says i really wish you would have let me read this he's, before he's, you signed it he's missing is what it is they're like yeah, where, is, where is, he? is he we're going on in like five minutes yeah. where is he where is he he comes rushing on you should have let me read this because now they have the rights to your song so we'll have to and actually pay them to sing it from here on out yeah and it says that there's no guarantee that they will be featured singing that song in the film right. they are just guaranteed a, um that their song will be featured that their song will be fe- featured, featured and, and that they can they can be in the background yeah. as like extras they will not actually sing the song they are going to get big names to sing their song in this film. Yep. And so, which Donnie also just, speaks to the corruptness that was allowed to take place in this time, because there weren't laws to prevent right. that kind of crap from happening. No, right. And thankfully now there are, but still, I mean, it's like and people are smarter. People will read a contract. Yeah, yeah, very true. <laughs> he was he just, just so desperate. This, he, yeah, he was desperate and had this blind face. Because they got they to like, that point. We're going to be on TV yeah. singing the song. Yes, I'm signing contracts so we can sing. Yeah. yeah. So it goes into the, the This Is Life reprise. And it's Donnie saying, screw them. We're singing Welcome Home. Do you remember all the words? The original. To the original, to the original poem. poem. Yes. He was like, we're singing this song. Yes. And they're like, are you sure? Like, I think the bass player is like, this is a suicide. That's, you know, you're talking a suicide. Because yeah. they're never going to. They're never going to And Julie's like, they're going to blacklist us. And they're all like, we've gone through worse. Mm-hmm. We're doing this. They, this message needs to be told. They can't treat us like this. Yeah. And so he sings this is life for priest. He sings that. And then he has a moment where he confesses his feelings for Julia. He's like, I can't live without you. He's like, I understand 
that you need time. You know, we all, you need to, and he's like, take all the time you need. He's like, I will be here and I will wait for you. And then they have their kiss. They have their kiss. And then they have their big kiss. Yes. So then they go on stage to perform and the MC is like, and now the Donnie Nova band, band featuring Julia Trojan singing, Love Will Come, Love and, will find come and Find Me. But they sing the Welcome Home. Um, yeah, and and it's, it's not a reprise. It's no, it's Because the it's a whole new song. Yeah. And it is the single most powerful song on this cast album. It is. I mean, it brings me to tears. And that is not easy to do. The whole song, <laughs> True story, bro. The whole song focuses on each one of the band members. And, and the struggles that they yes. go through. And Julia sings this song and wrote this song very, very much as an observer kind of yes. point of view. And sees what they go through. And how... You know, she sees this and she's dealing with her own burdens. And then she talks about Donnie's, you know, what Donnie's been going through and how she wishes she mm-hmm. could give him something to help. And she can't. She just stands mm-hmm. there helpless. And she knows that, you know, he's still fighting internally with what he goes through and she yeah. can't do anything. I mean, like, you really, you're enveloped in what, like, each one of these characters has physically and emotionally and mentally gone through. And what they went through over in the war, but also what they have what has followed them home like one of her the first line is uh johnny made it home most of him at least yeah. and it's like oh dear god had three operations, operations but, but the, the pain, pain has, has not decreased. decreased sorry i mean it is like it's I'm, just like once you start it it's just playing in my head yeah. i can't i can't stop it it is uh, it, 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 that first line is already like it, boom it just hits Truth. you Truth bomb. It really, and it just keeps getting, it keeps going and going Mm -hmm. and going. And then, like, the whole last verse is all about Donnie. Yes. Yep. And, but then the cool thing is, the bridge is a playoff taps. Yes. And that's what gets everybody. Because, I mean, I've been to veterans funerals. Yes. And I've been to the gravesite where they have the 21 gun salute and they play taps and i mean yeah. i'm just like oh my god i'm not crying you are <laughs> like, <laughs> you know taps is so emotional yes very. because you know what it means yes and when it's played in here i'm just like Ooh. it gives yeah. a it's one of those things where with this song also and being able to see it that close up in the film you see that each one of these actors are getting emotional hearing mm-hmm. the story of their characters and it brings a whole new emotional level to this song. Yes. Even Laura Austin's character, Julia, gets choked up a few times singing this song. Every time she said her husband. Yep. My husband. Pra- my husband. Praise, praise be for a cast album where the voice breaks aren't there. Because they just sing it through. Yeah. They still have the emotion behind it. Very much so. But to see it performed live mm-hmm. and to see all of their emotions and her emotions like you just want to you want to you want to hug them all yeah, i know you do and you want to be like i'm here for you i support you yes. you know because of what our generation has seen mm-hmm. you know we get that yes which is why it sucks this show did not last i know you know it and another cool thing about the bridge that i really liked was she doesn't just make it about a love life. She doesn't just make it about, oh, welcome home, my husband. Welcome home, my love. She first says, welcome home. My boys. My boys, welcome home, my sons. Really encompassing that Everyone. these are the the sons, the husbands, the, the fiancés. The brothers. The brothers, the, you know, of these children, people the, yeah. that are coming home. It's not just about the widows that have lost their husbands. Yes. She really makes a very good point in this number <clears throat> that everybody's lost something yes very much so and it, it was and this song also really focuses on 
not just the physical ailments that pe- the soldiers come back the, home with, but the mental. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I'm getting chills just talking all that. about I mean, this. I've made it a point. I We're going to listen to it after this podcast. Though, right? Very much so. <laughs> um, I even made a point after we saw it, and I, I looked at Kat and Andrew, I'm like, I love this, but my husband is never allowed to watch this. No. no. My husband is was in was a, uh, a Marine infantry, um, and I'm not going to go into too much detail about it because he would hate me. Yeah. But there are certain things that bring back memories for him that yeah. he that and he's and I mean it affects him for a few days. Like I mean it's not anything, you know, violent or he just gets very depressed. Yeah. For a couple days, and so it's not an extreme, you know, stories that we hear yeah. about soldiers with PSD so much, um, but it still affects him. There's I mean there's things that he chooses not to watch, things that I tell him not to listen to or watch because I don't want him to go through that because they're triggers for him, um, and I feel like once we watch this. It would bring up, even though it didn't relate so much of the exact experiences that he went through yes. um, during his service, but it still would, the emotion behind it yeah. is all the same. So at the end of the number, we hear the applause, but my friend who saw it said that they didn't need a track because the audience was on their feet again. Wow. Again. Very, wow. At the end of this number. Which, um, again, completely deserved. Yes. And so... Now, refresh my memory. Does the curtain close? Yes. The and the MC closed. comes out? Yes. Because they have to strip it. They get ready for the epilogue. Yes. So the curtain closes and the MC comes out. A little goes, flustered. <laughs> a little flustered because they did not sing the song they were supposed yes. to sing. He's a little confused. He's like, uh, 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 yeah. like And yes. so he's like, okay, well, um, yeah, our judge has got to do some thinking. Yeah. But then here comes the lady with the envelope and hands it to him. Yeah. And so he opens it and he goes, and the winner is Blackout. Yes. And the curtain opens when we finish. I'll, I'll talk about how I think it should have ended at this point. Um, the curtain opens and it's a movie theater marquee. Mm-hmm. And it's the name of the movie that the song was supposed to be featured in. And here comes the Donnie Nova band out of the movie theater. And so you, in your mind, you're like, spoiler alert, guys. Um, you're like, oh, they won, and they went and saw their movie, and this is great. And we realize it's a year later mm-hmm. um, from something somebody says. And then they talk about how that song was complete and utter poo. Yeah, they said the whole film was awful. The film was awful. Um, people will be walking out and, you know, asking for money back and things like that. Because they did not win. Yes. But here comes a little girl, fangirl. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I thought that was you in there. Can I have your autograph? And so Donnie signs. You so know, you the, really, you you know that they've made it. Yes. Yeah. In their own way. That their lives the will the never may, be the same. Yes. That they, ha- they have made their name. Yeah. Without um, the need of. The competition. Yes. The film. Yeah. So, and that's how Well, the, and then the, the girl is like, my father served. Mm-hmm. And Donnie is like, oh, he did. Give this to the person in the back at our next gig. Bring your father back. I want to meet him. And it kind of, and if, if remind, remind me if, if I, you know, if this is right or not, wasn't it during the actual run of the show, they allowed veterans to come backstage? Yes. And they always honored they, a veteran at the beginning yes. of every yeah. show. We'll, we'll talk about. So it kind of is like finish. a nod to yeah. like what they did with the actual performance as well. Yeah. Cause he's like letting people that have served come meet them and yes. talk to them and hear their stories. And then there's a point cause I have to talk about this cause it's funny as heck. These other two fangirls come out of the movie theater and sees them. It's like, oh my god, it's the Donnie Nova band! And two, one of they jump on the trombone player yeah. who has severe OCD and does not like to be touched. And he's yes. like, oh no, uh, no, 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 storms off, <laughs> and it goes in 
to Donnie reprising a bit of Donnie Davinsky. And they're like, oh, my God, like, having fun with it. And it goes into another reprise of Nobody. And it's them, again, time-lapse kind of thing, them traveling the country, singing and doing concerts and showing that they have made it big. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which, again, it's a good ending for for the show. But I think, you know, with what the show was about, Mm -hmm. you know, since we have finished the cast album. Yes. um, If... They had closed the curtain after their Battle of the Bands performance of Welcome Home Mm -hmm. and then stripped the stage, opened it up with the 10 or however many got to perform, you know, standing up there waiting. And, you know, the guy being like, oh, okay, well, that wasn't supposed to happen. Our judges give that moment for us to see these bands. Mm -hmm. And then the envelope and the winner is and have it just black out Mm -hmm. slowly with the light still on them. And then, no sound, but their heads drop, blackout. Yeah. Because you get the idea, they didn't win, but you never hear that. And, you know, yeah, it's nice to see what actually happened after that. Yeah. It's a nice little <laughs> epilogue. But I think with what the story was, that ending, my ending, would be just as powerful. Even if they didn't drop their heads. I like, though, that you get to see that they've made it. Yes. Yeah. Like I said, I, me, have, I have no issue with it. It's fine. Yeah. But I just think, you know, power-wise, you could have. Right. You know. I mean, I understand. I it understand could have that. been too sad. <laughs> right. I mean, that's what I think. And, and I think. They couldn't, you know, they didn't have to drop their heads. It could have just been, and the winner is, music playing and right. swelling. I feel like with the dropping of the heads, it's them being defeated. And that's yeah. not what they went out to do. No. They sang that song to tell yeah. their story and get that truth out, regardless yeah. of what happened. And then, you know, on, on that note, you know, you could have even ended with a reprise of one of the songs of them playing. And then, you know, one of them or somebody, you know, Beth Level's character, somebody saying, you know, they've made it so big even without some stupid movie. Mm-hmm. And then you would know, mm-hmm. you know, without having to have an extra seven minutes at the end. Because the show does feel long. You know, I'm not I'm not going to lie about that. It feels every bit the two and a half hours that it is. But at the same time, you're like, you're so enthralled with everything that you don't give two shits. I didn't even care that I was about to pee my pants. No. So with the show itself, they partnered with an organization. I can't remember which Taps. one. Taps. Was it? Um, which is the Joe Biden organization. Yeah. yeah. He is. Um, uh, Mrs. Biden. Mrs. It. Biden did the little, intro yes. to the the show yes. at the movie theater. Um, and they would say the name of one veteran at the beginning of every performance or before every performance and the show would be dedicated to them. Yeah. But then they also allowed veterans to come backstage after the show, which just tying everything in, like it makes it that much more powerful. And I'm sure that there were veterans who were like, I wanted to see this, mm-hmm. you know, I had tickets for October, November, something, and I don't get to cause it closed. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the reason that they did film it and give it to us in movie theaters was for them. Mm-hmm. I agree. Give us a DVD. Please and thank like, you. That's what I want to say on this one. Give me a DVD. Yes. Because, like we said, that end, end Welcome Home. God. Watching that is just, you forget that you're watching a Broadway show. And honestly, for me too, when I sing along with the cast album, when I sing that song... 
I get emotional just singing singing along. Well, you have you know you have that personal attachment to that. You have yeah. I mean, with with my husband, he was already out of service when we met. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean that the effects no. that he goes through doesn't affect me. Yeah. You know, even if I wasn't there the initial, you know, when it, when he yeah. initially was out of service. I mean, it's still I'm still there, and I still see what it does to him. Yeah. So, so. I, I can't remember if MTI or Sam French picked up the rights. I don't remember. It's now available for people to do regionally. Yes. And I think it's going to have a really nice life regionally. I think so too. Um, Cause I mean, set wise, it wasn't, it's not a, it's no. not a complex it's not set. Terrible. No. It, and if you have the money for the period costumes and the army costumes, and the army and, costumes, yeah. I mean, that was really the only hitch as far as like trying to do it within a community theater setting is the costuming. Yes. Reasonably, they should not have an issue with that. No, God, no. Um, um, I would love to see Derby Dinner do it. Oh, yes. Um, oh, my God. In that round? Uh, yes. Oh, my God. That would be amazing. Floyd Central. Yes. Oh. You know, there's there's kind of a an if there because it's a high school. Yes. You know, are they going to be able to give us the power that needs to be? I, I think if any high school was going to be able to do it, it would be them. Yes. They I, have they have the budget for it. They can do it. It's just, just a matter say, of whether or not they're actors. This is this is why I agree with you on that statement. We went and saw Bonnie and Clyde at Floyd Central. They had like an insert in their program of kids talking about like what they learned from it and like things like that. And the things that they would say, I was like, you all don't get this show at no. all you all did not get this no. at all because <laughs> they were saying like they were such bad guys and you know that clearly bonnie had this kind of issue and, and we can talk about bonnie and clyde because laura Austin was in it <laughs> that's very true but i'm just it saying it connects it does but i'm just saying like they they didn't even understand that show which was very um i don't want to say basic in its message so much but it, it wasn't ba- it, there with Bonnie and Clyde. There is a very strong message there, you know. But at the same time, all these kids saw them as were villains, and and they're not so much the villains of this show. No, there's not really a villain villain per se in that show. Are we moving on to Bonnie and Clyde? Well, now? but well, we're not going to talk about the whole show. We're just yeah. I'm, but I'm just saying, like, as, if they couldn't even understand that subtle or like that simple kind of concept concept yeah. of bonnie and clyde they're not gonna get no bandstand no this this would In be a show sense this- <laughs> i would love bandstand is a show i would love to direct i would love to direct i want to be in it but i, I want to be julia trojan <laughs> i would i'll play not. your mother there we go. Yay! Your hand was a little closer would... to me than I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> I would not be able to do the show without having the cast sit down with veterans. Oh, I completely agree. You know, a lot of veterans don't want to talk about it, but there are some that do. Mm-hmm. I would want to find them, and I would want my cast to sit down and be like, okay, you know, or even a war widow, you know, have my Julia sit down with a war widow and be like, okay, talk to me about this. Yeah. So they can understand that emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, know. I can, thankfully, you know, I mean, I'm, I come from, both of my parents are army veterans and my dad did not see action. My mother was deployed during Operation Desert Storm, the Gulf War, as it's better known as. Um, and she came back messed up. And that's, you know, she's has no qualms about saying that she did come home with PTSD and she does struggle with that. Unfortunately, she was 
not she did not realize until much later in her life mm-hmm. that all the struggles that she had dealt with during these times or during like my early childhood were because of this right and you know I read her war journal and I just I just and she wasn't even there very long I wonder how these people make it back Mm -hmm. I mean my cousin who who struggles deeply which I know he would never admit to um struggles very deeply and he came home with a purple heart and Thankfully, you know, he has, he has a very good support system. His mother is, I mean, I I distinctly remember being at another cousin's wedding where we were all present and he was in Iraq, which they don't send people there anymore for a reason. Yeah. And And she missed a phone call from him and was beside herself Mm -hmm. because she knew that it would be another four weeks five weeks before she would get another phone call and just seeing the effects that these families go through because of their loved ones being in war zones you know red zones and and again without going into too much detail how many tours did jeremy do jeremy didn't do tours he went on missions but like how how many um like when like tours of service like how many times did he come home and then leave again I not I don't know. I believe he has said three. I I, I, just, I, I thought you would know that. I, I that's what I, I was referring to, not the you know. Um, um, he he never was, quote unquote, deployed. Yeah. He went on missions, okay. and that's all I can really say about. So, that. that's a difference now than then was with World War Two. You got sent over there. You were there until it was over, unless you got injured, unless you came home in a wooden box. Mm-hmm. You know that's that's the truth of it you know now you know these people these veterans serve you know x number of months x number of years and then they're able to make that choice to come home mm-hmm. you know with Sometimes. world war Two and world war one they didn't have that choice i mean even they were sent and they when they were and, they, when they, yeah. and they were drafted they weren't chosen or mm-hmm. they weren't they didn't volunteer they were given a draft card and when their draft number came up that was it yeah. Yep. That was it. They they drafted men from I believe it was like eighteen years of age yeah. to thirty or something like that. Maybe it wasn't even that old you, at the time. You had a lot of people sixteen, seventeen years old who lied about their age so that they could serve. Right. You know, and you know, there so many people are so proud to serve their country. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone is proud to serve their country. They come back and maybe they don't feel that way, but they they're not going to tell us that. Yeah. You know, and this show is such a powerful reminder of that yeah you know i hope it has a wonderful regional life you know very much so. and if not give us a dvd please like that's we want oh i would love this we want to be able to watch it like again and again i would watch this again and again we've talked about this on on our podcast about filmed live broadway shows you know the dvds are gonna sell just as much as broadway hd or netflix or Mm -hmm. or whatever the case may be yeah you're getting money every month for broadway hd but you know you sell me a dvd you made the comment on that one you know it can be priced a little more we're still gonna pay it Mm -hmm. you know if you want to release bandstand and it's forty dollars i'm still gonna pay forty dollars yeah you know it's it's Not that you're going to lose money. No. It's, like I said, I will watch it again and again. Yes. This is one of those shows that I would happily watch again yes. and again. 
I think kind of like wrapping up, you know, this, um, this show is a very deep reminder, you know, support your veterans, support your active duty soldiers, support the families, understand they're going through more than we could ever imagine. And see. And, you know, there are organizations out there to allow us to do that. You, there, there's, you can give your time, you can give, you can, you can help with profit, you can do so much mm-hmm. without being at a loss. Yeah. You know, just go out there, support veterans, support families, yeah. and hopefully we can avoid a lot of the tragedies that we see when these men and women come home. Yeah. yeah. And my, my psych professor, you know, talking on that volunteering, he brought up there is an organization out there where psychologists and psychiatrists can give an hour of their time to a returning veteran and that returning veteran can see them for free mm-hmm. as many times as they want but they have to put service back out you know and it's not because they didn't serve it's just because you know you want them to see them making actions as well yes mm-hmm. to yes. continue and it's, it's not something huge deeds. they have to do you know it's you know, go visit a nursing home. It's, it's, you know, one of those service type of things. things, Yeah. Yeah. And it's not because it's, you know, I wholeheartedly agree, you know, because I want to be a psychologist, you know, people in that profession, we should be readily available and not expect a dime Mm -hmm. because they are the reason we are able to sit out on our porch and podcast at 10 o'clock at night and not worry about an IED coming flying in, you know, Mm-hmm. We don't live in a war-torn country because these men and women have put so much forth to ensure our freedom, to ensure our safety, yes. and to ensure, you know, there are many people out there, there are many, you know, cynical people out there who <clears throat> would say that this country has fallen beyond repair. They may be right. I don't know. But we are the reason, like, those men and women are the reason that we do live in a free and gracious and beautiful country. Yes. And we owe them everything yes so wrapping that up on that little bit of a somber note right um we'll be back soon with something new and different yeah we'll see maybe we'll, we'll talk mama mia yeah maybe i'll yeah, okay. be able to see it Hopefully. Um, <laughs> <laughs> i like how you say that like i'm gonna be able to afford to go see it i mean when it know, hits village eight we'll take you we'll there take it is you yay um, you're all paying for my ticket right yeah it's three five bucks, bucks. <laughs> five bucks whatever out of our body whatever um so <laughs> I'm Andrew. I'm Abby. I'm Kat. And we will see you next time. Bye.